Joining me now for Lockdown Gators is Tyler Fornes. Find him on Twitter at TheRealForno and find him publishing work everywhere. He's got Run and Shooter with Substack, which you will want to go and subscribe for. It's fantastic. He's also a writer with the 33rd team, Saturday Down South, The Vikings Wire, and he just recently joined Fantasy Points. And I mean, I'm, I feel like every day I'm just ready to see you like joining a new site and, and just doing something new, which act, before we even get into Gators content, I actually have a very different question for you, okay. completely unrelated to Gators. How wild is it for you as a Vikings fan to now be on staff with Rick Spielman and Coach Mike Zimmer? Uh, well, I'll let you know when I talk to him because uh, let me tell you, <laughs> As a Vikings fan, I have a lot of questions for those two gentlemen. Those two didn't talk basically for the last like six to nine months they were employed. So there's a lot of questions about like drama and draft picks and personnel decisions. I'm very curious. (laughs) I, I, I saw like the hirings and I was just like, excuse me. (laughs) It's like, I know that things weren't great there. So it's a, it's got to be exciting for you to actually be able to like how people are always like, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. You get to actually just be in the same conversation as them, which must be very awesome. Um, But shifting now to your purpose here, we're talking about Gators betting odds and lines for first off the Gators win total for this season, which for most of this time was six and a half wins. It has recently been bumped up to seven wins. Do you think that's realistic or you taking the over under what's going on with it? Listen, when you look at last year's team, one, there was talent Two, the coaching just kind of gave up and it really, the turning point was that Georgia game and Anthony Richardson was kind of just thrown in there. Hey, go fend for yourself. And well, as you can imagine, he did not play well. I, I'm very bullish on this team because one, I believe in Richardson Two. I really believe in Napier, the system that he's bringing in here. The defense has a lot of talent, and they're going to run the football with effectiveness. We saw Montrell Johnson last year for the Raging Cajuns dominate as a true freshman. I think he's going to have a seamless transition into playing in the SEC. And if they can get past Utah, to me, that's the big one. If they beat Utah week one, which whenever you have a tough game like this, It's great to have it that first week because anything can happen. I think the Gators can smash the over of seven. The the fact that it's not six and a half anymore is a little worrisome because if they lose to Utah, they only can lose three more games in a tough SEC schedule where it's got Tennessee on the rise, which we feel like we've been saying that since Phil Fulmer got fired. Well, Rocky Top may never come back at this point, but we'll see. Kentucky. Beat the Gators last year. Will Levis another year under center, and they have a very good football team. You still have the Georgia Bulldogs who are going to be incredibly hard to beat. Let's say they lose all three of those games. You have one game outside of that that you you have flexibility with. That's not a good sign, especially when you've got Florida State in Tallahassee where Jordan Travis looks to be taking that next step. Utah is going to be a very pivotal game. If you bet the over and they win – you have to feel really comfortable about that bet. Seven is a push, which is fine, but nobody likes ties in betting. Like it, it's gonna, it's gonna be tough. But I really do believe in Napier and what he's bringing here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I'm, I'm taking the over. I've, I've said this. I say this every time I do a bet online read. I'm like, I'm taking the over for this team. 
One, because I have to. It's the fan in me. I, I, I just have to go, you know what? I'm going to have faith in them and, and I'll risk the money for a little bit of happiness there if they do get it. Uh, but it's also just like, I, I think when looking at the schedule, which we're about to, I, I, it's just, I, I see Florida winning the games they're supposed to win and maybe picking up a couple wins that they shouldn't. Like, first off, is, is the Utah game, like you said, getting past that one is big. Um, let alone whether you want to take them to win or not, the spread right now, Florida's two and a half point underdogs. So number eight, Utah, unranked Florida, which got some votes. And I believe if you count like, you know, the others receiving votes, Florida would have been like 37th. Um, so Florida's two and a half point underdogs. What, what are you doing with that one? Listen, I, I think the Gators can win that football game. I would... I would bet on the Gators here. The reason being, you've got the game in the swamp. All the hype surrounding Anthony Richardson. He's looked great in both spring ball and fall camp so far. He's going to go off. And there really isn't a ton of film in order to kind of predict, one, how Richardson's going to operate within the offense. Because let's be honest, Levi Lewis held the Raging Cajuns offense back. I mean, I know he was a 13-year starter and everything. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter – how many years you've started if you don't have a lot of talent. Richardson has a lot of talent, even though he really only has 146 touches in his career. I love what this offense could be with Anthony Richardson. And if you're going to get a big win, week one's the, the week to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same exact boat as you. And not only was it just like Levi Lewis holding it back, but I also feel like they're going to change this offense a little bit with coming over from Louisiana to Gainesville. So it's like, there's not a ton of film you could watch with. And Louisiana, whatever you saw on tape, you've got a lot more talent here now. So it's like, oh, it's going to be quite different. And then there's Kentucky is coming to Gainesville this time. We know last year, a big deciding factor in that game was Kentucky's crowd was going nuts. It led to so many penalties in Florida, consistently shooting themselves in the foot. They're ranked 21 to start the year. How do you feel about that game? I, I want to see where Florida is week one. And that's going to tell us a lot about how this team is going to project forward for this season. Um, I'm worried about the Kentucky game. They have consistently played us tough for the past decade. I, I still remember it was the 2014 game. Demarcus Robinson had that those two touchdown pass receptions in overtime. Like he dominated and carried us to a victory over a Kentucky team. That was quite frankly bad, but they have kept improving in Florida. If you look at where they're at, we were at in 2014 and where they're at now, there's really not much improvement. They're kind of in the same spot. So right now I'd have to lean Kentucky, unfortunately, but Give it time. Let's see where both of these teams stand, and we'll have a much better clarification on what that game could be. But I'll tell you, if that game is within the margins, within three points, I would take the Florida side, even though I don't necessarily have the most confidence in them to win it at this point. And then I think we could assume South Florida, you're going to go Florida there on that one. Um, Depending uh, on the spread, I might take South Florida. Jerry Bohannon uh, going to the Bulls is an underrated acquisition in the transfer portal. He has a, an electric play style, and he's going to be able to reinvigorate that offense to go from like two to four wins. I don't think South Florida has a chance to win that football game, but if that spreads like 35, I'd lean South Florida because I think they can put up a few points. 
And then next, the next week after that is Tennessee, which I think, like, for me, this is something I did last year a few times where I was like, I don't know who's going to win, but I know I'm taking the over. Uh, and, and I think that's where I'm at with Tennessee, but I'll, uh, I'll give it to you for this one. Uh, that over is probably going to be in the mid-60s minimum, and I would lean on taking the over as well. Josh Heupel has done a great job so far with the Volunteers. They have Hendon Hooker as a 60-year senior. They got Cedric Tillman, who's poised to break out out of Vilas Jones Jr. last year. They have a plethora of running backs, including adding Lynn J. Dixon, the former Clemson and West Virginia product, to the roster just last week. I'm very intrigued to see how this Tennessee team progresses and continues to grow. But I'm I'd I'd still lean Florida just because it's still Tennessee, and like Texas, they're only back when they prove it. Yep, and then after that is Eastern Washington in Gainesville. Um, I think we're going to hope that there's not another Sanford situation <laughs> going on here with this one. Um, but I'm assuming that this one's going to be a win. But again, this could be one of those situations where, like USF, you're like, hey, depending on the spread. So Look, I'll say this. I'll say this. Sanford was not a good football team. Florida didn't show up. Eastern Washington has consistently been a high potent offense. In the FCS, winning 10-11 games a year, that's a team that can go in and put up a decent amount of points against a good Florida defense and keep things at least interesting for the first quarter. And then I still think Florida wins by like 25-plus. Do you think the Florida Gators will win seven or more games this year? Do you think they'll win six or less games this year? I think they'll win seven or more. So I went to bet online and I bet the over because the Gators win total is currently set at 6.5. Easy money. If we're being honest, it's easy money. Simple as that. I've been using bet online for years. Couldn't be happier with it. It's got football, baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey, tennis, which is dead to me because of last week. It was a, it was a rough one. I'm just going to let you know that. Table tennis, darts, economics, politics, alien invasions. It's got... Um, fair warning, it's going to get high-pitched. Anything you want. Check out betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all of the trends and action. Check out BetOnline. It's where the game starts. And after that, there's Missouri, which um, that one, oh, always a fun one <laughs> with Missouri. And now, of course, uh, this is the second time this season that Florida will be playing against a linebacker from the 2021 team that transferred out with Tyron Hopper now being yep. a Missouri Tiger. I'm really interested to see what this uh, uh, Missouri offense looks like. Going from Connor Basilak to uh, Brady Cook, who just got named the starting job by Eli Drinkwitz, uh, they have one of the top five recruits in the nation from the 2022 class, Luther Burden, the wide receiver. I'm very intrigued to see how he gets used in that offense because he has an ability to make game-changing plays as a true freshman that we remember seeing from guys like Percy Harvin, A.J. Green, Julio Jones. He has that kind of capability, and I'm really, really excited to see how he's able to use it. And there Still is, take the Gators easy. Of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> and then there's one game that is infinitely a toss-up no matter how good teams look or how bad teams look and it is florida hosting lsu which i mean both teams first year head coaches well not first year head coaches but new head coaches at these schools mm -hmm. how do you feel about that one? Oh gosh 
uh, um, just nobody throw a damn shoe, please. That's all <laughs> I want. Um, this game is going to be really interesting because last year you had two coaches basically on the outs. Florida couldn't stop counter to save their life. Uh, but they were still able to run and gun and keep up with the Tigers in a very difficult place to play in Death Valley. I think this is going to be a fun matchup. The big question mark for me with LSU, who's going to play quarterback? Who's going to step up? They have Kayshawn Booth, and they have some good wide receivers surrounding him. Who's going to throw them the football? Is it going to be uh, Jalen Daniels, who, let's be honest, uh, was not a very good passer at uh, at Arizona State? You have Miles Brennan, who's coming off of injury, and you have a wild card in Garrett Nussmeyer. Uh, you probably have heard of his dad, <laughs> former Florida offensive coordinator. So that's going to be the key for me. Who's throwing the football for LSU? Because that, in my opinion, is going to decide the football game. Yeah, that that one is – that's one of the reasons when people are like, LSU is going to be great. I'm like, mm, no. I don't yeah. Hey, Brian Kelly can recruit. Brian Kelly, for as much of a meme as he is, he knows how to build a winning culture. Now, whether you think that's a good culture or a culture that just exists on a plane, he knows how to build a consistent winner. And right now that's what LSU needs. And the fact that he's able to recruit to LSU with the kind of athletes at the skill positions that they produce, something that he was not always able to do at Notre Dame. I think that that could be a really successful and really weird marriage, but give him time. And I think he can be successful. And then there's next up. Speaking of people who can build winning cultures and can recruit the heck out of recruits, Georgia, uh, neutral site number three in Jacksonville this time. Recruits will be allowed to be hosted at these games. How, how do you feel about this one? I just want to say that Kirby Smart can eat dirt. Um, <laughs> it, it incredibly frustrating that he wants to bring this game back on campus. This isn't a campus rivalry. This is a neutral site. You don't break a tradition like that. Now, if you want to be like, hey, maybe we do like two years because 94, 95, they were uh, revamping. Um, I don't even remember what the stadium's called. The old Gator Bowl. So the Jacksonville Jaguars could play there. They revamped it. So they had to bring the game on campus. Outside of that, it hasn't been on campus since the 50s. Like this is a cocktail party in <laughs> Jacksonville, neutral site. Only a few hours from each school. You don't disrupt that kind of tradition. Imagine the Red River rivalry being played in Austin or Norman, Oklahoma. It would make no sense. Like, this needs to stay a neutral site game. I don't want to host Georgia in the Swamp. I don't want to go to Athens. You keep this neutral site. And for that reason alone, oh, plus they have Stetson Bennett. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like uh, the, the next... Uh, New England Patriots slot receiver for 12 years. Um, he's he's not going to be able to beat a motivated uh, Florida team that honestly, even though the score didn't reflect it, they got embarrassed by Georgia last year. Yeah. Um, yeah and I will also say that, uh, yeah, I, I think with Georgia, it, it's weird because I don't think their defense is going to be the same as it was last year. It's impossible to, uh, not impossible, but highly improbable that you can replicate what was arguably the most dominant college defense that we've seen yeah. maybe ever, or at least in a very long time. 
And I don't think that you're going to be able to replicate that. I do think Florida is also taking that next step up, especially defensively. They're going to have a much, not easier time, but they're going to be much more productive against Stetson Bennett this time. I will say that I'm a little irked by them being number three. I just feel like if you're the national champions, then most people should be like, hey, week one, you get to be number one. And then we'll see what happens after that. But next up is a back-to-back game against a top 10 team after Georgia, Texas A&M. At Kyle Field, number seven. How you feel about that one? Bad. Like, let's just be honest here. Texas A&M, top recruiting class in the nation for 2022. They got four of the top five defensive linemen in the class. This is a team that has talent all over the field. Who's going to play quarterback? Is it going to be Haynes King? Is it going to be uh, Connor Wegman, the incoming true freshman? Calzada's gone. It's probably going to end up being Max Johnson the transfer from LSU who explicitly went to Texas A&M so he could play with his little brother, who was a four-star incoming tight end. That team is just loaded on talent, both sides of the football. It's like, I'm, they're not going to beat Texas A&M, but I'm just going to be honest. Unless Anthony Richardson is a Heisman winner, I, I can't see it. And then after that, there's South Carolina coming to Gainesville. It's the last home game of the year for the Florida Gators as well. I'm really intrigued to see the path that South Carolina is on, and it really stinks that we're getting them at the end of the year. I know it's a traditional spot where we play them in November. I get that. But you have Spencer Rattler reuniting with Shane Beamer, Austin Stogner also joining him. They have Jaheim Bell on the other tight end where they can run a lot of 12 personnel and be explosive down the field, something you don't see a lot in college football. If Rattler can regain any kind of form that we saw in 2020, South Carolina is going to be very dangerous, and it stinks that Florida gets him at the end of the season instead of the beginning when you can more likely take advantage of that. And to, I mean, next up is Vanderbilt, which, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get your opinion on that one, even though I think we know what it is. Hey, I, I just want to see Jeff Driscoll run another 86-yarder for a touchdown. Let, let's, let's just call that a win. Then um, to wrap up the year, assuming there's no – or not even assuming. I'm not projecting a bowl game here. Um, but Florida State in Tallahassee to wrap up the year. It's going to be a tough one. Arrival in Tallahassee. Like, you're, you're not talking about – facing like just a jabron team even though they feel like a jabron team let's be honest with ourselves but florida state is trying to get back on the right track i think norvell's the right guy for the job jordan travis is a good football player who needs to grow and gain some consistency i think he's going to do that this year he's going to become more effective and explosive and they're going to have things figured out it's going to be a barn burner in tallahassee in week 13 and i i'll lean florida but don't be surprised if the Seminoles end up coming out on top. Yeah. Fun fact right now, uh, some sports books, which I won't name because they're not a sponsor, um, have Florida state favored by two points right now. Um, and so, that, that would be in Florida uh, minus one on a neutral field. So yep. that it's basically a pick on the neutral that that's going to be a competitive matchup. Yeah. And then moving on towards a more grand scheme of things here, We've got division and conference championships. Florida right now, plus 1,200 to win the SEC East. Fourth place behind Georgia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. How do you feel about that? 
I feel more comfortable betting on Florida than both Kentucky and Tennessee, especially because I think Texas A&M is an easier matchup than Alabama for Tennessee. And I'm not sure who Kentucky has on the schedule on the other side of the conference, but it's not going to be easy for them either. I don't think that either any of those teams are really worth bet. Heck, I don't think any team's worth the bet because Georgia's odds are going to be too far skewed on the negative side in order to really make your money. I, I don't really see a great value bet. But if you really believe in Florida, 1,200 is good odds. Yeah, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Georgia's right now minus 600 to win the... Uh, not worth any S- money. Yeah, no, that's that's completely useless. Um, and then to win the conference, Florida is plus 5,000, which is not surprising. Sixth most likely to win the SEC behind Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. And I think the thing that's... Not necessarily surprising to me, but I think kind of noteworthy is that Florida is less likely than Kentucky, than Tennessee to win the division, but more likely than Tennessee to win the conference. So I guess they're just like, dude, whoever Tennessee plays in the West in, in the SEC championship, they ain't winning that one. So I think it's that, but yeah, Florida plus 5,000, sixth in the SEC. I'll say this, Rocky Top stinks. But <laughs> uh, if you want to bet on Florida to win the SEC East, Parlay it with uh, winning the conference because then it's a one game. Florida obviously has met their highest expectations that any of us have had for them. That's going to be worth your money. Uh, I I don't know if Florida is going to win eight or nine games. They're going to have to win 10 or 11 and beat Georgia in order to get there. If you believe in them that much to make the title game, bet on them to win it. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I can tell you I won't do that. Uh, but I, I wouldn't I won't. recommend it. That yeah, I, yeah. I think it's going to be throwing money away. But if you have, have a, like a $25 free bet, why not? That's fair. Yeah, if it's a free bet, maybe. But I'm not just going to. I'm I'm not just gonna give money to bet online at that point. That's I'm donating at that point. It's like an NIL deal for bet online. And then to wrap up, the last thing we have to talk about is Anthony Richardson and the Heisman odds. We've spoke about this a lot already on Locked On Gators. He's kind of remained consistent with where he's been listed. Plus five thousand odds to win the Heisman right now. Plus eleven hundred to be a top four finalist. Ready land on those? Yes. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm honestly in on both of them. The the top four finalist feels like a, a safer play, but I'll say this in order to win the Heisman, you need, you need three things. One, it helps that you're a quarterback. Anthony Richardson is two. You already have hype going into the year. It's very hard to win an award like the Heisman with no hype surrounding you entering the season. And three, he's going to be able to do it on the biggest stages against the biggest teams. And that, that kind of exposure makes all the difference in the world. Even in today's age, where every game is accessible with relative ease. If you are playing in the biggest matchups against Kentucky, Texas A&M, Georgia, Florida State, you're talking marquee games. The Utah game is going to be a big focus in that prime time slot at 6 o'clock central time. That is going to be a big factor in him being able to win the award. Obviously, he still needs to have a great season. But when you have all those other factors already lined up for you, now you just have to go out and play and not think twice about it. I would put more money on him being a top four finalist because at plus 1,100, those are great odds. All he needs to do is be top four. He doesn't have to be anything extra special, just top four. Because you've got Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud 
And then probably B. John Robinson, Anthony Richardson could easily be that guy. And then if you're going to do that, do a separate bet, parlay top four and winning the Heisman. All right. And then I just want to get your opinion on, there's a few players he's behind, obviously at this point, if there are any players, I'm just going to go one by one for this. So you don't have to remember the list of like 12 people, but should Anthony Richardson be higher than this player on the list? We're going to start from the bottom right above him is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Should AR be higher? I'd say they should be close. Like, I, I don't know if he should be higher, but what is it, Smith and Jigba like plus 4,000? I think I think it's well, actually it's plus 5,000. So he's still the same oh. as Anthony Richardson. I got no problem with that. And then Travion Henderson is right above both of them now. Um, considering that he's not going to have to share with CJ Stroud, I think that's a really smart uh, placement right above Smith and Jigba. I don't have any issue with him being above Richardson. Then there is Jameer Gibbs, then transferred to Alabama. Now, Gibbs should be higher, and and here's one of the reasons why. Gibbs is uh, going to be competing with Bryce Young, who already won the Heisman. The committee, as we saw in uh, 09 with Tebow, doesn't like to give a second Heisman. They've only done it once. Bryce Young is going to have to become a god in order to win a second Heisman Trophy. So if Alabama has a lot of success, Gibbs is probably going to be a massive factor in that. He's going to get more of the publicity, therefore probably should have higher odds to win the Heisman. Then with the same odds as Gibbs, Bijan Robinson. Nah, Robinson's like, I'd I'd put him in Stroud 1A, 1B in in as far as what my Heisman rankings would be. And then the same odds as Robinson and Gibbs, DJ Uigalele. Oh, no. Um, Yui Angalea, uh, you can kick rocks, buddy. Richardson should be higher. I put DJU at like plus 10,000 because I don't think he holds on to that job. If you haven't seen any of Cade Klubnik out of Westlake in Austin, the five-star number one ranked quarterback recruit that just committed to Clemson, he's going to take over this year. And I think he's going to be better than DJU. I think he has a chance to be on the level of Trevor Lawrence. He has that kind of profile. An excellent, excellent prospect. Won three straight Texas 6A titles for Westlake. That's an impressive, impressive feat. Like DJU, I don't I don't even think he finishes the year as a starter. Like Richardson should be higher. Yeah, that that's one where I really didn't get. I was like, are they just like projecting that he comes back to what we were hoping he was going to be? Because yeah, no, I, I didn't. I wasn't impressed, I'll say, in 2021. And above him is another transfer now with Dylan Gabriel, who is now uh, Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think I think Gabriel's going to have a lot of success in that Jeff Levy offense, but I think his odds should be da- should be back because there's going to be so much pressure on him to be like Caleb Williams, like Spencer Rattler, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. All those, that small lineage of really, really good quarterbacks at the University of Oklahoma. Gabriel's probably the worst of them all. Which, <laughs> And that's not a slight on him because he's a very good college quarterback. And he's coming into a system with Jeff Levy where I think he can really thrive. I think that's too high for him. Then with the same odds as Dylan Gabriel, Devin Leary. Leary's an interesting one. They lost a lot. As far as weapons, especially star receiver Emeka Amezi. I like Leary, but 
I think his Heisman odds should be quite a bit lower. I'd say on par just above Richardson, but I think those numbers are too high. Yeah, I feel like some of these are kind of like based on NFL draft type. <laughs> it's just like it's like ah, like like be excited for these guys, and they're just like oh, maybe they're Heisman's, but you know, don't work out for everybody. Next up is someone who I know my listeners cannot stand, Tyler Van Dyke, with the same odds as Leary and Gabriel. Yeah, uh, Van Dyke is interesting because based on talent, he should be here. Well, Cristobal let him throw downfield. He didn't let Herbert. Van Dyke has already shown the propensity to be able to throw the ball downfield with success. So will Cristobal be willing to alter his stylistic offense to accompany Van Dyke? That's the big question. If you think the answer is yes, he should easily be that high. And now we've got the only defender on this list, Will Anderson Jr., with, by the way, the same odds as Tyler Van Dyke, Devin Leary, and Dylan Gabriel. Oh, no, Anderson should be higher. Just just because defense ain't going to win it, right? <laughs> no, defense could win it. The man had 17 sacks and 31 and a half tackles for loss last year. He is an alien playing in the edge rusher position. He already was fourth in the rankings. He's coming in with hype. And Brandon, we've talked about it. That's a big deal with the Heisman Trophy. That's one of the reasons why Charles Woodson won the Heisman in 97. He had preseason hype. Anderson has it. It's going to make a big factor with him getting the award because he's not going to have to earn a lot. He already has the cachet. And the top three guys here, Bryce Young is third most likely with plus 500. Yeah, Bryce Young should be higher. Um, Even though he's already won the Heisman, I mean, he won the Heisman. So, easy. Same with, I know the last two, Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud, both should be higher. I mean, yeah, those are the three guys that for sure Anthony Richardson's going to be competing with. Plus, you got Bijan, Will Anderson, like, I really can't complain a whole lot about this list. I thought Vegas did a pretty good job. Yeah, no, they 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 kind of did their thing here. This is one of the times where Vegas absolutely got it right. Um, but that about wraps it up for me and you, Locked On Gators today. Tyler Fornis, find him on Twitter at the Real Forno, publisher of Run and Shooter with Substack. Make sure to go check that out. It's fantastic content, and it's it, it it's. There's a variety of topics that get covered on it. Also a writer with the 33rd team, Saturday Down South, the Vikings Wire, and recently joined Fantasy Points. Tyler, thank you so much. And we're going to make this um, a weekly occurrence, I believe, is the plan once the season gets well underway. I I, I like the sound of that. Let's make some of your listeners money, and let's have them chomping all the way to the bank. Make me money. That's what I'm I'm talking about. Yes, sir.